number of years ago, a friend of mine was in Hyde Park, London, England, and was vacationing. As he was in the park, uh, he heard a man, what he thought was preaching. So he walked over uh, to listen to what he was saying, and he heard the guy who had a sermon derailing America, how horrible Americans were. And he started listing off all these things. And at first he was irritated, but then he decided that he was going to argue with the man. So imagine this crowd and you've got this man on a soapbox and this American now is standing at the bottom of the soapbox, shouting at the man. They're going back and forth. Now this guy is a follower of Jesus, actually a pastor. His name's Charles. And as they began to, to argue, he screams out, well, if, if you, it wasn't for us bloody Americans, you'd be speaking German right now. And the man got off his soapbox and he walked away. And my friend said he heard the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit saying to him, my son, you've forgotten where your true citizenship lies. See, while it's true he is and was an American citizen, it's more true that he's a citizen of the kingdom of God by virtue of, of his identity in Christ. And in that moment, he was triggered by his secondary citizenship. And God was reminding him of who he really was. And for him on that day, he unexpectedly found himself in a ideological yet a stressful conundrum while he was on a stroll. And I wonder if anyone this morning, as you strolled into March, have found yourself into an ideological conundrum of sorts as we are still in the midst of a pan pandemic. I, see, I, I say ideological because of all the different tensions. Here we sit outside with masks on, probably potentially criticized by some for being here and for others for being outside with masks on. We sit in the midst of an election that was won by Joe Biden. However, we potentially have people who are saying, no, you didn't win. It was a fake election, right? I'm not here to say where I stand. I'm saying I could keep listing off pressures. I can't remember of a time like this. And yet, unlike my friend Charles, we can't merely stroll out of this, go back on our vacation. We're here for as long as this continues, and none of us knows when that will be. And it's something we are all in together. And yet we have to ask ourselves in the midst of the tension, God, what are you doing? And what am I supposed to do in the midst of this? And so if you have your Bible apps and your fingers can function enough to get them out, would you go to Proverbs 25 with me? We're gonna find two pieces of wisdom for this conundrum, two truths to reassure us in the midst of this conundrum. And as you're turning there, as you're flipping there, uh, Proverbs, as you know, is a book of wisdom. The word in Hebrew is chotbah. Uh, this is metaphorically pictured in chapters one through nine of Proverbs as Lady Wisdom. And she moves throughout the nations, offering out assistance and help and understanding for anyone who'd be willing to learn. We learn later that obviously wisdom is not a woman, it's not a person, but it represents the force of God that gives us insight on areas of life. Wisdom is a very attribute of God. Chapters 10 through 31, we find a collection of pithy sayings that offer us guidance in the midst of complex situations that encompass all of life, work, sexuality, relationships, 
Uh, and so this is an amazing book in which we can learn from the wisdom of God. And so if you look at Proverbs chapter 25, we're going to just be looking at verse two since I have only a few more minutes. <laughs> we're looking at verse two and we're going to find two reassuring truths as we navigate through this complex time. And it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. The first truth is that God's silence is not his absence. God's silence is not his absence. Take a look at the first part of that verse with me. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Now the word here for glory is chabod. It means literally wait. It's the word that was used whenever Moses in Exodus chapter 34 cries out to God and he says, show me your glory. And we know this amazing scene where the shining radiant splendor passed in front of Moses, actually at one point, even making him shine and radiate before Israel. Glory is this radiance. It's the utter truth of who God really is, visible and perceivable, the glory of God. It's the glory of God, in this case, to conceal a matter. Now, it's interesting. What, I wonder what's going on here because here's a book in which uh, God is saying to his people, come, cry out to me for the things that are concealed. I'll show you wisdom. And yet in this verse, it seems to completely contradict it, saying it's the glory of God to conceal wisdom. Doesn't James 1.27 that say that God will generously grant wisdom to anyone who asks? The, the truth is it does. But the reality is both are true. God is both glorified when he reveals a matter and he's glorified when he conceals a matter. Chuck Swindoll tells us that God's silence is not his absence. Silence is God's call for you to grow deeper. A friend of mine's dad, uh, when she was a kid, uh, he taught her about gardening. And she used to love to walk among the plants and water them. And he would stop her when she got to the tomato plants and he would say, don't overwater those, plant, those plants. The roots won't go deep. There's something really good about being watered. There's something really amazing and glorious about wisdom. And there's something glorious about not receiving wisdom. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. I want to pause there for a minute because I can imagine as I look at you, you're experiencing some form of a conundrum. Now we all are in a sense, but I'm thinking maybe even personally, maybe it's a vocational conundrum. Maybe it's relational, familial. The, the silence of God, the concealing of God doesn't feel glorious. I want to take a minute to remind you in the midst of all of that, that if you're experiencing the silence of God, you're in good company. Think of Abraham, the one who dreamed his whole life of being a father and received the promise of God and decades went by and it seemed decades of silence. You think about Moses being in his company who heard the voice and the wisdom of God to lead the people away and out of Egypt and yet for so long all he heard were the cries and the complaints and the conundrums. If you're hearing silence, you're in good company. 
If you're hearing silence as you need the wisdom of God, you're in good company. Think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Think of all the people who loved and followed him when he was in the tomb. If you're hearing silence, you're in good company. God's silence is not his absence. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And finally and secondly, as we seek God, we become more fully what he created us to be. Take a look at the second part of the verse. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search a matter out is the glory of kings. Now Solomon uses the same word. He doesn't change it. The word glory is used to describe God and his radiant splendor of who he really is, but it's used to describe us as well. There's a way and a manner and intention for the way that God created us. And often that can be hidden or buried in issues or stress or fear. And yet there's a glory in Christ of who he's made us to be that shines. And in this particular text, he's saying, it's to the glory of kings when you're searching out a matter. There's something that is core to the way that God has made us that shines as we're seeking. There's something holy that's going on inside of us when we're going and we're pursuing God. I want to confess that I, I actually, for a long time and still confess, I wish the verse wouldn't say that. I want it to say it's the glory of kings to find a matter. And I, I, I want you to know that it wasn't until recently, you ever, you ever read the Bible in, in a way and then you read it again and it, you realize it doesn't say what you thought it said? It just keeps happening over and over. <laughs> Sometimes... All right. I don't know if that was a what's up or get out of here, but here's the conundrum. <laughs> the, picture, the, the word here for uh, searching out a matter, uh, the word to search here is picturesque of digging in the earth as so as to find a treasure. And so this search is not a simple one. This search isn't quick. In fact, if something's treasure... It's either because it's hard to find or it's rare. Uh-oh. There goes the tent. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Think of this verse with me, and I got five minutes. I'll wrap early. How about that, Ben? Has Ben ever ended early before? <laughs> Your father-in-law's clapping. All right. I think that means no. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's in a, in a moment that we're very familiar with this text where he's dealing with a metaphorical thorn in his skin. He's describing something we're not sure what it is, but something that's painful, something he's saying, this conundrum hurts, God take it away. And it says that he pleads with God. Jesus speaks to him. Essentially says to him that my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect or mature in your weakness. See, I don't like that. Uh, my, my daughter Noelle is over here. She had a friend over recently who got a, a thorn stuck in her skin. And they came running to me and said, hey, daddy, Kate's got a, 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 a thorn in her skin. Can you get the tweezers? So I get the tweezers, I pull it out and, and they go off playing again. And that's the way I want it to work with Jesus. 
I want to come before him, plead with him, and I want him to pull out the pain and, be, and move on. I want to be in Hyde Park, make my mistake with the man, and then repent and go back to my vacation. And yet sometimes that's not the case. And I want to confess this morning that sometimes I get triggered by that. Can anybody relate with that? Jesus, will you help? Will you reveal? Will you move? And yet it's the glory of God at times to conceal. And the truth of this text is also before us. It's to the glory of kings to search. There's something we've been made for this side of heaven that isn't designed to be triggered by God's silence, but be provoked by his silence. There's something that God has made inside of us that isn't intended for us to throw in the towel, but to lean in more because his power is matured in our weakness. See, we become more fully who God intended us to be as we search out a matter. And so this morning, I don't know what kind of conundrum or pressure you're dealing with. I know the holidays are coming. I know even we as a family are like, should we cancel it? And there's stress there because some of our family we haven't seen for a long time. That's little. I think about bigger things. I think about health. I think about uh, the keyboard about to fall over. Um, I think about even marriages. I, I notice even, even as I work with people, I notice some of the pressures at home are so immense. I don't know if you're dealing with these things. I don't know what you're dealing with. Can I encourage you this morning from God's word? God's silence is not his absence. He's with you. You're in good company. I also want to encourage you this morning that there's something really important about seeking him when there is no answer yet. And I even got this image. I was thinking of, uh, of you, Jeff, and, and the Smiths, and, and maybe this is for others as well, but I get the image of Abraham under the dark sky and that when the sky is blackest, I feel like the Lord says, look for the stars because it's in the stars the metaphor that God's promise is returned and restored and our hope is filled. I want to invite the worship team, Catherine and Tom, if you'd come up. And in your hands, I think you have elements, communion elements. As you take uh, the elements, in fact, if you begin to do that now, I want to speak a blessing over you. I just want to proclaim as we always do, as Ben does faithfully, but as we do from his pulpit, that Jesus is Lord. He is about a work of renewal in your life and in our city's life. Despite the silence, despite the conundrum, he is being glorified. And as you seek him, so are you. And so as you go to take the elements, when Jesus is quiet, he is wonderfully and radiantly glorified in your life. As you receive the elements, may you seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.